welcome to the Evolution Exchange podcast. I'm James Price and I'm your host for today. I connect businesses with talented cyber professionals in the cybersecurity market. We bring together the best technical leaders to discuss industry passages, challenges and ideas. I'm joined today by a fantastic panel to talk about building a culture of security from awareness to action. Before we get into the discussion, let's make some introductions. So David, would you like to kick us off, please? Sure. Uh, I just want to say that the opinions I express are my own and may not represent uh, the views or opinions of Toast. Uh, I'm the Director of Application Security at Toast. I've been in this profession for about 25 years, uh, software security testing, uh, and I've led several programs at DocuSign, SAP Concur, uh, and I have some certifications, CEH, GMOB, CISSP, CSSLP, a master's in information security of assurance. Those are kind of things I did on the fun. Um, when I'm not kind of geeking out on security stuff, I really focus on being a part of the security community. And I volunteered, I've been volunteering for many years for as a beta editor for Pentest Magazine. Uh, I serve on EC Council's Global Advisory Board and uh, for the CEH stuff. And then I'm on Cobalt.io's uh, Customer Advisory Board. I really enjoy sci-fi reading, fantasy. Uh, I'm a book nerd, love it. Uh, I like to get out and do hiking and camping. Uh, my family and I were out there just a couple of weeks ago and uh, love the thunderstorms when you're hiking. Um, the family is everything to me. I think most of us that get into security do it because we want to protect something. Uh, I've been married for 34 years to the love of my life. Uh, proud dad of nine kids, two grandkids. And I'm really all about trying to make a positive impact in the industry. I want to mentor others. I want to be help bring others along into the family of security. Brilliant. Glad to hear. Thank you, David. And we'll move on to Sri next. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Sri Pula. I'm currently at Cloudflare as Director of Application Security here. Um, I've also been in the security space for a little more than 10 years now, like uh, in the application security or product security space. Uh, very passionate about like Secure SDLC to like vulnerability assurance. I've run bug bounty programs, like initiated those as well. Those are like the realm of things that I enjoy doing. Um, started my career as like a full stack uh, software engineer and then had to work on products post breach. I don't want to take names, but uh, like found my way into security the hard way, like learning how things can go wrong and how do we build product securely and then develop passion for it and since then have grown in that space. Um, some of my previous works include like I've worked at uh, AWS, that was like my previous gig, uh, for their emerging technology space, uh, securing all of the new products that AWS in collaboration with Amazon was launching back in the day. Um, I also worked with interesting tech companies like Yahoo and then Verizon in, in the security space. So, uh, And currently at Cloudflare, I really enjoy the mission that Cloudflare has, which is around um, how do we ensure or make the internet a better place for everybody? And then uh, that directly correlates to the mission for the application security teams to 
prevent our customers uh, and the internet with security products. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit of background and um, about myself. Outside of work, um, um, I like reading, uh, friction, non-friction, uh, in, a lot into yoga and hiking and things like that. Uh, right now, I'm in the space. I have a two-year-old kid at home, so it's all mommy duty outside of work right now. <laughs> but tr- do try and find time once in a while for other things. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Sri. And we'll move on to Bruce finally. Hi. Thanks, James. Uh, Bruce Newworth. I am a manager of the application security team here at Sentage Group, which is a uh, publisher of physical content as well as digital and creates learning management systems that are used globally. So a lot of space that my team has to cover across the board. And as the manager of the team, I have a lot of basically the responsibility of making sure that our products are secure by default. And we have a very small team, so leveraging the community around us where we can is critical. So I'm really excited about the talk today because it really hits home with what we try to do day to day in building relationships as going on a journey with all the other teams to really come together to create a product that is secure by default for our customers and our end users by default. So basically, you know, a lot of the same things that uh, Shri and David said about some of the same uh, masters as well as being a number of certifications, same thing here. Uh, and uh, very passionate about what I do. Like to see others also grow as, as through this process and um, also outside of work, also like to keep active. Uh, hiking, camping, unfortunately, with a lot of the fires or the the rain, it's really keep a lot of the opportunities at bay uh, being uh, the go on canceled. But looking forward to to the rest of the summer. <laughs> thank you, Bruce, and thank you all for them introductions. Let's move on to the topic. So you all have a question around building a culture of security from awareness to action. I'll work around the room asking each of you to pose a question and the reasons behind it. Then each of you will have an opportunity to give you a take on the question. So let's start with David and your question, please. Sure. I, I don't think there's any doubt that we're kind of all, uh, we're all in on building a security culture and building awareness. And we also... I think have this innate feeling that we need to be expand our security influence. Uh, so building a robust security champion program, for example, we kind of know that's a necessity. That's kind of a known thing that we, we have to have a security champion program. Uh, but I think we need to leverage our influence outside of engineering uh, by developing strong mentorship programs and habits that we ourselves uh, adhere to. Uh, so what are we doing to bring others into the security profession? And are we spending regular blocks of time pointing potential security experts, meaning someone who's not an expert right now, to becoming one? And how are we helping them gain that education and experience? Brilliant. Thank you, David. And we'll come to Sri first. I think that's very important and how we do that the right way. Um, I I like to... I. I want to like share like a small story on like an experience that I've had on how we've, I've seen this work out real time and then kind of correlate that back to like how we can do this better. Um, 
something that we do in my current workspace and I've seen us do in other spaces in security is we run a lot of these CTF uh, challenges internally as part of the company where other um, non-security people or engineers are outside. Anybody within the company could participate. And then that's a place of like identifying pure talent. And that's really worked for us, wherein um, um, I was part of this whole process where we ran a CTF, uh, which was super successful in one of my previous companies. And we identified like top three people uh, outside of security uh, in the engineering org who really were talented and uh, tried to find like mentors in the security org for them to like work through. And it really worked out because we found somebody who was really geeking out on like mobile security and learning that outside of the workspace and gave gave that person a venue to come join, be part of the AppSec program. Uh, it was seamless because the, the head of AppSec back then actually mentored the person, gave them a plan to understand if that was of interest and work them through. And I think we also provided like not just engagement and like participate in app in AppSec activities and uh, brown bag sessions, but also provided training so that when the person transitioned from like a software engineer into like a security engineer, it was like the path to being successful was very clear. And it we saw that translate and the person do well. He's in the security space. Like I've seen him grow. He's now like actually leading an AppSec program at a different company, which was like very interesting to see a good, happy path being formed to success. Uh, I I also want to try that back to what we currently do in our company is two part. One is like we build CTFs in-house, like which really engages like the security folks to say, how can we use our own products and tooling to build like a pro like a CTF challenge that anybody in a company can participate and then find leads from there to see if people want to engage more with the security org and find a path forward, uh, which is which is more on the actioning side of things on how do we enable people to have that path into security and growth. Thanks, Ray. And Bruce? Yeah, so great points, Ray. Uh, I think uh, the the idea of having those opportunities are, are fantastic for disseminating that information that we in the security field love our acronyms, love our tools, and a lot of that is not understood. Uh, as David mentioned, it, it, it wasn't just for the technical community, but extended beyond that to the executive team, to upper uh, leadership, and a lot of a lot of those a lot of those resources. Their understanding uh, is based off of keywords, like for instance, they know what pen testing is, but beyond that, uh, there's really no detail. So. Every opportunity I think we can provide where we can educate, a, a part of the role I think we have, and I, and I mentioned to our, our team all the time, is that we're educators. It, I work for an education company, but we are educators, and we have to find opportunities for those teams to enable them to understand the things that we're talking about, in addition to understand the priority. So we want them to get to a point where they see something, they say something, rather than just saying, oh, oh that happened? Okay. 
and not think that ooh, that has a that could have a huge impact on the overarching uh, organization. So we don't often have conversations where everyone we're a small team. So we have to leverage those teams on how we can disseminate that information to them, not just to technical people, but beyond that to just someone working in marketing and working in sales and saying, this is why you have to make it a part of your everyday understanding as so you can make us aware so we can help you. Not to hit you over the head with something, but to really work with you because this is a journey. It's not gonna happen overnight. It's going to happen over time with our having this strong lines of communication. So by setting up those strong lines of communication, and a great example of establishing that is through the use of a security champions program. And we currently uh, I've had many discussions about this uh, with my team as well as the uh, my upper management in terms of getting this in place. Uh, we do a lot of trainings. We do have a lot of different platforms. Some of them I've driven because I felt that we have to have those platforms to disseminate this type of information to the larger community and make it available for everyone across the organization who wants to take part because they often, it, it was very interesting, they'll get certifications in security. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Uh, uh, someone from marketing just got their degree and to to um, to be a, uh, proficient at being a security manager. So I'm like, okay, um, what does that actually mean? What's actually happening? But to me, it means that it's becoming more to the forefront with everything that's occurring within our day to day lives. So it isn't have it here at work, but our day to day lives, people are impacted, and really, if we could make it so that they're they find value in this type of information so that they can then bring it back to us. And it's worth their time, worth their effort, not just because we said so, but because they can just as well be taken by a phishing uh, attack at home with one that could be happening at the company. So definitely see the need for something like this that leverages our particular expertise. You know, one of the things I was thinking about is there are, you know, we had this huge gap of all these job openings in the security field and a lack of enough people to apply for them that are qualified. And so when I think of mentoring, I'm thinking of talking to someone that maybe hasn't thought of a, a career in cybersecurity and through sharing stories. I, I love how Shri says, I'm going to share a story. That's how we transmit enthusiasm and, and things that we're doing, you know, where I, I have a great friend and they call me up and say, Hey, I have a couple of kids. They're, they're not quite knuckleheads, but they don't know where, what to do with their lives. Can you talk to them? Six months later, they're, they're after having played with tryhackme.com, uh, they're, they're on the, you know, the top 3% they're, they, they've earned their, uh, EJPT from ine.com. They're, they're just fully engaged they just got a job as interns at a company in pen testing. And before that, one was majoring in physics, one was a cop. They wouldn't, didn't know exactly what to do. And we gave them direction because of that enthusiastic mentorship. Uh, and that's something that you do outside of the job, the job space sometimes. It's, hey, come over at seven o'clock at night. We're going to have a little discussion, something like that. That's the kind of stuff where we're sacrificing a little bit of ourselves 
with permission from the wife, of course, uh, to do something like this, where we give of ourselves to encourage and then given that infects this enthusiastic uh, idea of security to others. Yeah, I would agree. I just want to add that I think there's a bit of, there's been a bit of change in culture for sure that I've seen in the last couple of years where it's more, it's become more and more evident that security is everybody's job, may not be their top priority, but it's like the top three things that they should be thinking about, irrespective of what role a person might be. And the best way we could do is talk more about it, bring more awareness and have hold the space that people can come and openly discuss their ideas or thoughts around it, right? Uh, one of the things that I've done, uh, been passionate about is, uh, as part of one of my previous companies is show up at uh, high school uh, and talk to high school kids who are interested in like science and, and try and get their interests or let them know what are the opportunities in like the security space for people to think about. And pen testing always pops up. That's something that people are so interested in, especially because they might be participating in CTFs. Like how do we nurture uh, that interest further that people land in roles uh, that's going to align with what they want to do next, I think is important for everybody to think. Yeah. That's interesting in pen testing, but along with that, one of the programs that we utilize uh, is a VDP vulnerability disclosure program, where uh, it's something that has to be nurtured uh, because it's also it's a great t- program for utilization of getting those known risks identified and having an, a community do this for you. Uh, and also provide opportunities from those within the company to participate as well. Uh, so a lot of what we, to me, it's all about communication and offering those avenues of communication so that if someone is interested in which we do, we have our key people from outside the organization within marketing, within customer support that will this is a few examples of people who want to get involved. And this is one of the programs that we can say, hey, here you can get involved here and then cut your teeth on this. And then it could get into the areas because they could still become one of the people within that community on that platform that utilize and also take part in cutting their teeth on on pen testing and, and, and building up acumen. And maybe even going into a bug bounty program and actually making some additional money if they'd like to, and then taking that parlaying and maybe even delving into getting a position within the uh, security field. So uh, another avenue for them to go. And Bruce, I I think there's even free ways to do that. You know, Hacker 101, get involved in that one. It's all free. None of this costs money. It just costs time and enthusiasm. Exactly. That's that's a great point. It doesn't. It costs them their time. Time is money. So if they find value in it and they get excited about it, a try hack me is a great resource in your learning journey. Uh, I often point many people there uh, as one of many sites that they can go to uh, to get a, a a free way to get educated within in that environment. So it's. There's just, like you said, so many, David, so many opportunities that they can get involved. We actually, taking it from a different direction, we partnered with a a 
a program here called it is a it's called Apprenti in the Boston area, which those who are interested in getting an opportunity within the security field, they can take part in this program. And we've been very successful with getting, I think we have three people now from the this particular Apprenti uh, program. I think it's nationally uh, run. So uh, there were some great opportunities for those who didn't realize that they didn't, they can get a position within the security field, not going through getting their education uh, through a two or four year degree, but through this type of apprentice program, which security is just an example because we're talking about it. Uh, and it offers them an avenue with not having to pay, uh, you know, all this money. It's really their time and their commitment. So, many different ways in which I can go about it. So thank you, David, for that question. And um, we'll now move on to Sri's question. So Sri, if I'd like to read out your question to the listeners, please. Um, so my question uh, today is uh, around, so building a security community is like an integral part of building security culture, right? Um, and from like application security or product security standpoint, we see that translate in into like building security champions program. We might call it security champions or something else. Like there are a lot of new words or terms floating around. Um, I'm just curious to know um, everybody's take on it. Like, are you for it or are you against it? I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a reasoning as to why I have this question. Um, I have people who've like I've met people who really benefited from the program, like having a champions program, finding a path from like whatever they were doing or previous into like finding a path into security or growing into security space. But then I've also talked to people uh, or engineers who are like more in like the individual contributor space who are supporting security champions program and not very, um, forthcoming about it like they don't like it the way things are run or they don't see a lot of value add from it uh and they say also think it might be like a lot of burden of like running the programs and like maintaining and getting value out of it so what are like some of the benefits that you've seen from running a program if you have or what are the things that really worked in a security champions program if you're for it when you talk about a the Security Champions Program. I participated when uh, working for uh, a previous company, and like we don't have one right here. So I I am a proponent of it. Yet there's a certain criteria that I would expect to have in rolling that out. And one being, I, I did mention this to some of my leadership, and they said that's a great idea. Go do it. And I kind of looked at him sideways and saying, well, I, I'd be more than happy, but I want buy-in. I, I want buy-in of upper, I want leadership to say, yes, we're going to commit resources to taking their time out for however long of duration so I can set expectations and see how it aligns with the other things that they're doing. Because as much as we want everyone to be doing security all the time, uh, they have other things on their plate. They have other requirements. And we, we certainly want to be conscious of that. We don't, we're not looking to force anything, even though we know the priority of it. Uh, it's I, I want to, that has to be a, something that has to be in place, that it's not just 
Brusu who wants this done. It's a company that wants this done. And then it's set up as a requirement and then putting extra incentives to the rest of the community who's going to take part in it. So they are going to get the benefit because there's a learning aspect to it. I think this was touched upon previously uh, as well. You being able to get being more proactive with some of these initiatives that you might have at any point in time. Uh, and then you are able to leverage those other parts of the community to create additional awareness about certain programs and what's involved, going to be involved with them to get it done so that you have an idea of training the trainer. So I don't have to run out to every single team. I can now get them to come in, be the core individuals that will take and then lead their teams uh, to what needs to be done. And uh, able, I think the, the efficiency in that is a, a huge benefit. So definitely a proponent, but I'm not doing it because Bruce wants to do it as much as I uh, probably trip up on that because I'm so hyped up about it. It's more about, I want the company, I want the backing of the company to say, yes, this is a priority. It's on their list of things that um, they're gonna be doing. And I have that commitment. Yeah, I'm a huge supporter of a security champion program. Uh, a good friend of mine, Dustin Lair, he has produced a free website for everybody that gives you an outline of how you start a program. Uh, so securitychampionsuccessguides.org, great little site to go to. It gives you free information on how to go from soup to nuts and get this program up and going. Uh, you know, it's really something that is very powerful. Uh, you know, taking a program from a few security champions and building out so you kind of have a, a one in 10 ratio, you know, kind of thing where you're, you're actually having good representation of your development teams that come to monthly meetings where you do training, where they offer training, you're inter interacting with them. Uh, it creates a relationship between security and engineering that is very, very powerful. Uh, it allows you to uh, gain trust when you when you mention things like, "Hey, we found some stuff in your uh, in your code that uh, you know from our SCA tool." Oh, okay. Well, let's take a look at it. They don't say push back and say, oh, "Are you sure it's the right tool? Is it really working right?" They know us. They know the processes. So having them involved in understanding this this uh, the whole company wins as that. Uh, you know, we talked earlier about cultural changes where, as well, where we want to change the culture. We want to bring that enthusiasm to security, offering things, I think, like uh, security challenge coins. You know, these kind of things are super fun. You know, people, there's something that someone can hold and say, I'm a part of something super cool. And getting involved in that way, it really creates a connection between security and development that didn't exist before. So am I a supporter? 100%. Uh, we, in fact, I, I want to see every company in the world not even think about it. They just do it. It's kind of like, hey, we have SAS, SCA, security champions. Let's move it. We're ready to go. It's rock and roll. You know, that's kind of how, that's my thought on it. Yeah. So I just wanted to add uh, two things. One was uh, that I that Bruce had mentioned around like the leadership should like really buy in and make sure it's like a company wide program that everybody's going to 
spend their time and energy and make it happen and make it successful. And then building trust is the other good part that David mentioned. Like that's a great way to engage with engineering and build trust with engineering on like what we want to do and how we want to do. Um, I just want to add to it and say it's important when we roll out these programs in like this large scale um, where it's going to be functioning, where you want to train the trainer and get the momentum going, also build guardrails along with it to prevent ourselves from like future incidents or things like that. And also like having like a separation of duty kind of helps us in my past experiences, like what's the security champion responsible for versus like the security engineer, right? Like where do we draw a line and say how much, um, uh, what is a person responsible for what kind of decision-making a champion can do versus a security engineer or like a leader in a security org can do, like having those guardrails in place to make sure that the momentum really helps produce like a positive outcome at the end of the day. Yeah, if I could add to that, I I think in one of the scenarios that it's so powerful that I've seen happen uh and with and without is when you have a zero day and you have a, a CVE. And if you had a security champions program, everyone's on call. You just ring them all up. You already know who the point people are. It's very efficient, straightforward, and clear. They already know what to do because you talked about uh, part of it's enabling them to understand what their responsibilities are uh, as being a security champions up front. It's probably in that uh, uh, site, I think, David, that you mentioned. I think that was called out. I, I have referenced that previously. Great site. And once you're able to do that compared to one that's manual that you have to start knocking on doors and then figuring out who you have to call out a lot of time is means exposure and that's what we don't want so the the value to the company by having one of these type of programs in place is is just so powerful uh, about having it at your beck and call and knowing instantly what needs to be done and why uh, it is is so impactful. You know, there's a uh, another friend of mine, Chris Romeo. He's he he's he's known to say security is a journey, not a destination. And when we instill that thought in others, uh, they realize that we are in this together, and that we we need to kind of. It goes back to the theme of building the culture. How do you do that? You do that by involving others, by helping others know that there's not an isolation because we do one role, they do another. But we're all in this, you know, uh, Sri, Sri, you said this, you know, we, we're all part of security. It's not just security engineer. It's everyone. Uh, that's that's a big part of what we, we want to do, I think, as leaders in this space is inspire everyone to be to think about security and be a part of it. You know, if you can get, uh, you know, I have my, my sweet mother-in-law is... 80 years old, she probably has the mind of a 25-year-old. She just is super sharp. She's always driving and always learning stuff. And she will she will talk about, hey, I found something in my email. Or, you know, over the last 25 years, she knows I care about security. And so she has cared about security. And we have individuals throughout our families and organizations that care now, I think now more than ever before, 
but we need to bump this up. The bad guys are getting better. Absolutely. And thank you, uh, Shreve, for that question. And we'll move on to our final question today, which comes from Bruce. So, Bruce, if you'd like to tell the listeners and the panelists your question, please. Of course. So when considering or implementing a security awareness program, what are the key factors or criteria you use uh, to build it out and and why? So I I was just reading uh, an article uh, that was on Security Week uh, written by Kevin Townsend, and he quoted uh, John Bambanek, who's a principal threat hunter at the Tenrich. And he described uh, the security awareness program uh, as equivalent to giving someone with a gunshot wound a Tylenol. It, it, will, it will make you feel marginally better, but it doesn't deal with the real program. Real problem. I'm sorry. Real problem. So I, I'd like to get your take on this and see whether it resonates, because there's a lot more uh, a part of creating that security awareness program and what goes into it and why you're doing it and being able to track it as well. So love to hear your, your takes on that. I'm going to, I'm going to tie a security awareness program into a security champions program that is, has a technical side and a business side. Uh, The technical side is where you think of the engineers business side is where, you know, what you were talking about earlier, Bruce, uh, sales, marketing, others, uh, you know, support, areas that may not necessarily normally be involved in security stuff. As we build out a security champions program, one of the most important things to do is define the space in which we expect them to operate and how much time they're going to spend. So they don't think that they're stepping off into a deep chasm, but instead know that, okay, I'm going to spend 5% of my time. I'm going to do these 10 things and that's going to get me started. If we help by giving someone a, we want to get to this point, this is what you're going to do. Uh, and this is how we're organized. It helps people kind of have that calmness of saying, okay, I don't have to be a super uber security nerd like Bruce is. I can actually just be uh, a normal salesperson and do my fun stuff, but do cool things with security on the side as well or as part of what I do. So I like this concept, but I think it is, it's just taking that security champions project and expanding that to uh, the business side of it, where we're, we're we're going outside of engineers, but having it could even be two separate programs because they may have you know, like a one requirement. We may say, hey, we want you to scan your code on a regular basis and get and fix stuff within your SLA. On the other side, we say, hey, we want to make sure that you don't ever click on these kind of links and do this and this and this. But you have reward systems. Uh, you know, going back to what I said about Dustin Lair, he's created a very cool website. By the way, I don't own stock in it. I haven't paid into it. He doesn't pay me. Uh, it's a very cool site called Catalyst. It's something that they've come up with that gamifies the idea of a security champion program, and it raises awareness. It helps people become more educated and share things and ideas with people. Super cool concept. Just love it. It really does. It elevates that to a whole new level. Yeah, so I think my response to it is very similar to in terms of like what David is mentioning, like the gamify side of things. I've seen that play out um, live in action and see that that really helps like awareness and bring turning awareness into action like when you intent incentivize people to like participate and and get something out of it um so i think my my two cents uh, personal take at it uh is like when security awareness like those trainings that are like 
one hour mandatory training that you have to click through to get it done. Like it's people are never paying too much attention to what's in there or might already is like, this is something that we did in one of my previous companies where we took that program out and then we created like 10 minute quick, uh, nerdy, funny security videos wherein the underlying security concern is uh, is like metaphorical, but not actually being said explicitly. But then you listen to that or listen or like watch the video and it's a funny thing and you have like a conversation about it, right? Like, and the way we measured this was more like behavioral analytics, like how many people did talk about it, did people reach out with follow-up questions about it? Uh, and then maybe there might be a, like a survey on like how these videos are being trended and things like that and that produced more awareness and like more actionable outcomes versus like a, a mandatory thing that people have to take so that has been like my takeaway too like when you um make something more fun interesting like gamifying it or incentivizing people to like go click on something and participate and play and learn along the way it produces better awareness and better results uh on a program. Um, uh, I think it also ties back into like company culture and things like that. So it may not be possible everywhere, but there's like a place for like, for sure, like for trying it out and see how it works in a company. I like, I like the theme Shree, that you have going, which is you use stories again to, to get people enthusiastically involved. And that really is, I agree a hundred percent with that philosophy when we use stories or games or things, people learn and are drawn into it rather than go, oh, I don't have enough Advil in my pocket to take another awareness training. I just can't do it. Uh, instead, if they're involved in it and they're actively participating, it becomes, it. they get to experience a little bit of the joy that us security nerds kind of have every day about this kind of stuff. And that will get them attracted to it and really thinking about, oh, I do need to make some changes. I do need to do better in this. Yeah. It, I, I love the ideas about uh, the gamification, uh, about telling the story, because uh, some of the parts that come into it are the legal sides of doing. Like sometimes you kind of go into, I think, sure, you touched on it. You just kind of go into those awareness trainings that you have to take, and they're so dry, they're so drawn out. And then you get this huge exam with it sometimes. I don't know if you've seen some of these that are just so overwhelmingly here. I'm going to hold this against you because I gave you all this information. And now I'm going to evaluate this, whether whether you know or not. And if you don't ex exactly answer the way I want. Uh, so we have to be we walk a fine line. And I think you guys, have been two of you have been touching on it that how if we're too overbearing with it and do the more the legal dry piece of it rather than the fun poignant just-in-time training that is going to be more personal and that they can relate to i think it's going to be a little bit more impactful and i've seen this happen here uh how we've changed some of the content so it isn't as overbearing it's very very poignant uh short uh focused and, and had a lot more uh, feedback to assess. And I think assessment of these trainings is when you go into it is also important when you're creating a, a security awareness program. Now, I'm just curious, is, is that security awareness program out of your teams or is it another team that does it? 
So is it driven by application security or a product security office or something towards that end, or is it? Uh, the example that I was providing at one of my previous workspaces, there was a dedicated team that did some of that and proactive security work. Uh, AppSec did contribute to it uh, heavily, but did not run the program itself. Okay, so they selected all the content, the the actual timing of when it was going to be um, having to be completed by and such and worked with. I'm, I'm assuming legal was part of yeah. this conversation as well. Yeah, and like collecting metrics around it and, and showing that and how, how are we ensuring that it's driving value out of these trainings was also part of the, that team's work. So thank you, Bruce, for that question. And thank you all for your questions today. Before we end the podcast, I'd like to say thanks so much to all our guests today for sharing their thoughts and insights to today's conversation. Once again, our guests today's podcast have been David, who's the Director of Application Security at Toast. We have Sri, who's the Director of Application Security at Cloudflare. And finally, we have Bruce, who's the Manager of Application Security at Singage Group. And finally, if you're hiring for new technical roles or looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone else you know uh, would like to be featured on a future episode, please feel free to drop me a message. I'm James Price, and you can find me on LinkedIn or email at james.price at evolutionjobs.us or visit us at evolutionjobs.com. Thank you again to all our guests, and thank you for listening. Hope you can join us next time.